right. Let's be real about intent. That's interesting. I don't know what we got to talk about for us for that to be the title of today's podcast. Intent. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, with the intent, it might have to start with our real talk session with <laughs> two. So what intent? What maybe maybe it came from the real talk session? Help us out, man. What are we talking about? All right, so I'm going to read y'all a quote real quick. And it says that you have to adapt or die. And I don't plan on dying. That quote, ladies and gentlemen, was by none other than Mr. Head or ex-head coach John Gruden. And it's funny that he says that because he didn't take his words literally. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask you guys, starting off with Lito, um, what was his intent after he sent those racial racially influenced emails to you know different owners or talking about a member uh i think was a michael sam of the lgbtq community and him getting drafted what do you believe that his intent was after sending those emails that ultimately led to him being fired or i'm sorry <laughs> pardon ways with let me get because you know people like us we get fired but people that don't look like us get part yeah. you know i ain't got to go on that what was his intent I'm not sure what his intent was, but I definitely grabs from, you know, from what some of those emails, you know, read or like some of the stuff that he even said, like even after he was asked about those emails was the fact that he didn't care. He doesn't care about people that don't look like him. He doesn't care about people who have different views or different um, outlooks on life than he does. Um, and so because of that, I just I, I I was really I was one more pissed off at the racist comments than more so the comments about the other community. I mean, that was just me from the get go. And I was of the mindset that he should have been let go. Then at that point, it's just kind of interesting, I guess, that he was that he decided that he and the and the writers decided to part ways once all of these emails came out. Um, but like I said, I'm not sure what his intent was, but it it, it shows that people of that particular race don't care about you know the black community um people of other different you know walks of life so it's 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 one of those things that i i don't understand how people say that they're shocked by this um there are you know white people there are black people that say that you know they're shocked by it. and i'm at the point now where i don't put anything above anybody people will say things people will do things behind closed doors um but won't stand on those things that they i guess believers or, or that they believe um that they believe on they just don't they won't stand on it um that's that's interesting um and for him to say adapt or die like he never once did they john gruden has been something of it he's been in the nfl you know coaching circle he's been part of the nfl for what 20 plus years and and no way has he adapted in any form or fashion so uh i guess i'm not sure what his intent was but it was kind of sorry to see that he said that particular thing and then he was also i can't remember exactly what he said like towards the end of that the interview but he kind of was like he, he got in a sense he it seemed like he didn't care it seemed like he didn't care so that was my issue with him um i'm happy to see that he's no longer um a coach i don't think he'll be um a coach i don't think he'll be affiliated with any other teams from this point forward and i'm okay with it um i'm just of the mindset that i hope that the nfl continues to do everything that they can um to ensure that they welcome all people um to be um, a fan of their particular sport and that also continues with the the pressure to look into what the washington football team and daniel snyder has done as well yeah, I hope we talk about that too. Um, three things I want to talk about uh, for this topic. Um, the first being, um, first of all, there's not enough asterisks, I will assume, uh, for John Gruden's Super Bowl because um, he didn't adapt with that team. He got a team and took them to the Super Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. Wash my hands of that one. Second part is what you say, he was comfortable with what he said in the email which lets you know that he says things a lot like that outside of those emails right inside with his other circles of friends that um i just call them his friends 
that are with him. So he was very comfortable with hitting send and, and, and sending that out, um, whether it was for African-Americans, whether it's for the young ladies, whether it's for the, that community. It, it matters not. He was comfortable saying that. Um, and to your point, Skylar, which is, it's not really like an apology. It's just like, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me resign. Yeah, he was like, that's who I am. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, take me as I am. But we don't want to take you as you are. You, you're, that's not a good person to be a leader of people. But unfortunately, those are, there are those types of people within America, within the world itself. But we just don't want those people to be leaders and have spotlights um, within, you know, the world. My other part about this, too. Um, last week I had on here, uh, I think my, ty- my tagline was Shitty Chappelle. Um, and if you haven't seen the Dave Chappelle special, please do. And just a quick reference about this and about this whole thing with John Gruden. And to your point as well that you've already made, Skylar. Dave Chappelle talks about how within that special, how um, some people try to get him pretty much, well, not that him, but how we as African-Americans are jealous of that community. And it's not, we're envious of them because the moment someone says something that is wrong towards that community, they're gone or changes are being made immediately. Whereas African-Americans have suffered for centuries. And when something is done wrong to us, it takes more and more and more to happen. This was a perfect case and scenario right here. He was not fired or resigned right after we found out about the email sent to uh, Upshaw, uh, to NFLPA. He resigned after the comments to the young ladies and uh, to the LBGTQ community. Now, please understand, a spade is a spade, wrong is wrong. What Dave Chappelle was trying to enlighten us on is that wrong should be wrong for everybody. It should not just include a particular set or group of people. So in that case, he should have been fired or resigned immediately once we found out what he sent to the NFLPA, but he didn't. Uh, Oakland was not ready to let them go. NFL was not ready to let them go. But the moment we found out that he was, you know, doing stuff wrong or saying things wrong to women, which again is wrong, saying things wrong about the LBGTQ community, which again is wrong. Now we have to make you resign. But why did we not have that same energy when we, when he talked about the Michelin lips of a black man. That's my issue. Yeah, and to your point, I, and I think, because um, I was one of the last week when the original email about uh, the NFL PH president came out, I pretty much said, well, because this was 10 years ago, Change, of course, as I said before, change behavior is the best form of apology. But with these other comments that has recently come out, I'm more upset, kind of pretty much what she said, pretty much. I'm upset at the fact that now they're making a big issue about his comments about the LGBTQ community and, of course, the comments about women. It has completely uh, erased the fact that the very first thing coming that came out was him making a racist remark. I guess not being about racism, pretty much the moment these other comments came out. And that's pretty much what I'm more upset about as well. Um, with that, Dave Chappelle was the nail on the hill with that 100%. Um, as far as him getting fired or parted ways or resign. Because he's basically white. If white privilege was present in the NFL, like my group would be the exact form of it. Because let's be honest, what have you done for yourself in the NFL? Like, yeah, you have a Super Bowl, but that's only those only I've seen. That should be 100% real. 100% real there. Uh, and then, of course, you came to Tampa Bay from Oakland, where you were, I guess, an offensive coordinator or something of that nature in Oakland. So, it's kind of be real there, but uh, in the end, um, okay, I will definitely look to try to get on on my phone. All right, all right. So, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say. Just, just karma, basically. So, so yeah, with it being karma. So, uh, pretty much the NFL 
And apparently, uh, Mike Davis, who's the owner of the Raiders, um, they knew about these emails for years. So what do y'all think there was intent behind the NFL with him still having a job? Like, because we, we, we know we should know the guys that we're hiring. Like if you went through the process of actually hiring the best character, especially for a 10 year contract, right? Like you should know the personality of the care of your character. You should know the character of your character, but he still was able to have a head coach as an NFL a job as an NFL head coach. Um, do y'all, what do, what do y'all think the intent was behind FM having a job still? I think they wanted to, when they brought on the coach, when they brought on John Gruden, I think they wanted a name. I think they wanted to make a splash, you know, with who, who, who they were hiring. Cause you know, you're moving from, you know, you're moving from California to Vegas. It's a new stadium. It's a, it's, it's a new community. So they wanted to make a splash hire with that particular hire. And I guess, I guess at that particular time, John Gruden was, was the answer. Wouldn't have been my answer, to be honest with you, but I think that's what they're. I think that's what they were thinking. Yeah, I couldn't. And walking with you as well, Skylar. Like there needed to be a big name attached to that move. Um, and if it wasn't a, and it's the Raiders. No, granted, like they're not. They're not winning Super Bowls. They barely make it into the playoffs. Um, but this still has, you know, a. Grit, not a great grind field, but a, it's a gritty team. It's a gritty franchise. It has a lot of history. And so when you make those type of moves, uh, I, I hate to say that John Gruden was maybe their best choice. They intended to have him. Um, now, are there other people and coaches that we think are better suited and should have had a shot? Yes, I believe there are other. There's plenty of coaches. There's a team that has at least two to three coaches that I believe could have done better um, or could have done just as well as John Gruden has done since he's been with, um, I don't know what called, Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders, with the Raiders. But those people aren't getting a chance, whereas there are some other coaches that are getting second chances, and it's unfair. And to your point, too, it's a 10-year, $100 million contract. They're paying that man $10 million a season, to not even make it to the AFC championship game year after year after year. Let alone the playoffs. Le- playoffs? Exactly. Playoffs. Oh, I said playoffs. Playoffs. Get to the playoffs first? You see what I'm saying? So, like, I, I think before we start giving big names, <clears throat> Jacksonville, um, big names for coaches, let's also look at the coaches that are ready to perform at the highest level and then give them a chance besides giving these other coaches second, third, and sometimes seventh chances. Right on, right on. Last question for me. Where do the Raiders go on from here? I mean, what else is there for you to do? I mean, you just continue to play the season as it's played and figure something out in the offseason. Um, of course, we know Derek Carr is looking for a big payday. Um, as he still is in, I think he's in the final year of his second deal, if I'm not mistaken. So, of course, he's looking for a, a bigger deal. So, I don't know, man. You just got to roll with the punches. I mean, you're still kind of in the hunt for the playoffs. So you just got to just have just got to move forward for right now and just address what you can address in the offseason. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure if Derek Carr is coming back. They've already had commitment issues with him, um, not even just Mike, Mike Mayock, but John Gruden as well, um, and they have, in no shape or form have tried to have extension talks with him. I think he's gone. Um, I think Mike Mayock is on the is on the hot tee as well too. I mean, he's done a pretty decent job over the past draft or two, but still, it's it's the fact that you were willing to. Well, John Gruden came first. I think it was a John Gruden, then Mike Mayock, whatever the case may be. I think they may need to start looking into um, into him as well too. But I mean, if anything. Go get Eric Benemy, who who's in the same division as you. Like who again is who's who's been the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I mean, if anything, that's low hanging fruit. That's right there. So if you want to get rid of the whole like you know, we want to make sure that you know we are you know in support of you know we we did support what John Gruden did. We're all for you know higher minority coaches, whatever the case may be. Eric Benemy is right there. That's what I, that's what they would do. That's what I would do. Yeah, I like the way you said that. Like, if if it is possible to, to reconcile, so to speak, what Gruden has done 
Um, they may intend to hire an African-American coach um, as well. Um, as you look at the rest of their schedule, though, this Raiders team could potentially still make the playoffs with the, as an extra team. So their best bet to me to, will be to win and try to get into the playoffs. Of course, I, to me, they'll get Molly Wapp in that first round. Um, but, you know, you're playing against, against the Chiefs twice, yes. Um, but, you know, Bengals, Washington, uh, Colts, um, you have a few games that you could possibly win. That's the best response. Whenever things are going wrong, the best response is to win. So, yeah, I know you guys talk about like later on. I'm talking about this season. Um, and then from there, yes, definitely move on. I think Derek Carr has run up his time. And I think definitely with John Gruden being up out of there, let's just start with a whole new regime and maybe bring a few of those uh, uh, Chiefs or some Buccaneers uh, coaches up and start with something new there um in the raiders nation i think that's a great time for them to restart um who they are right i think uh just to end everything i think i'm like really disappointed because like i called them my bills for last year right you know i said the bills was gonna turn up last year they did i said the raiders were gonna turn up this year and unfortunately they got an idiot coach who don't know how to send correct emails but i'm gonna end y'all with one more quote you never stay the same you either get better or you get worse. You should you should listen to your own words, Mr. Gruden. It, it'll help sometimes. <laughs> Man, and the fact that you got that from, from Jonathan Gruden um, is exceptional. Um, so as we switch gears as well, um, speaking about, you know, betting, uh, not betting, but just, you know, doing better as well. <laughs> Let's make these better bets this week. We got Tunica Trevor in the house, about to give us his bets for the weekend. Yes, what is good, everybody? And my apologies, because uh, I hadn't been able to do a full extensive research going into these bets. Um, just for the simple fact, I was in Orlando most of last week. Didn't really have time to sit and lock in as I typically do in the other weeks. But uh, fairly decent week last week with my uh, bets. I ended up splitting basically one of each. So that brings my record now to, if I'm not mistaken, 14 and <laughs> 14 and 13. So just still slightly over 500 as of right now. Oh, uh, so, but uh, here we go. Um, I'll start, of course, with college football. Uh, you probably got about 30 minutes before you could get these last few bets in um, before, of course, kickoff starts. Um, going to stay in the SEC. Um, looking at Texas A&M versus Missouri. Texas A&M, of course, coming off the huge upset win at home, upset number one Alabama. Uh, they're showing up as only a 11 and a half favorite against Missouri, who can't stop a nosebleed right now, giving up nearly 500 yards of total offense a game, which ranks dead last in the SEC. Uh, so, of course, Texas A&M coming off that huge win, probably looking to get some momentum going, going back their way. Uh, so, I do not see how Texas A&M can not only win this game outright, but cover that 11 and a half point spread. Uh, so give me Texas A&M there. Uh, secondly, I am as a bounce back game, uh, another usual suspect uh, bounce back game. Um, Alabama at uh, Mississippi state. I think Alabama's 17 and a half point favorite. Alabama's looking to bounce back, obviously from the loss last week. They're going to come out playing mad. They're going to look to establish dominance right out of the gate. Uh, so give me Alabama as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite over a Mississippi State team. Of course, the same Mississippi State team that lost to Memphis, uh, who's also beat AM. and m And the SEC West is just – the SEC as a whole is, is just crazy uh, as far as who's beating who and who's lost to who. So uh, give me Alabama in the bounce-back game and give me Texas A&M to cover against Mizzou. As uh, far as the NFL is concerned, um, I saw this as a trap game potentially. I may still lean towards it because of the spread itself. Um, but shot in the dark, again, forgive me because I haven't had a chance to lock in. I'm going to go with the Cowboys again this week. Uh, Three-and-a-half-point favorite at Foxborough. Uh, granted, the Patriots uh, have been – they've missed four of their five offensive linemen uh, 
been out was out last week. I think they're getting a couple of those guys back. I think a lot of people are kind of underselling Dallas a little bit. Yes, they beat up on a Giants team that was practically had could have had us out there and probably wouldn't have done much better. And then, of course, they had the big win the week before against the Panthers. But I think three and a half is a good spot uh, for Dallas to to cover here. If Mac Jones could throw the ball down the field, I would probably would have stayed away from this bet. But I don't think the Patriots have just enough on offense to even keep up with Dallas. So give me Dallas there um, as the three and a half point favorite. And lastly, um, let's see. And eh, no, that's a trap game for them. So I won't I won't look at the Cardinals and the Browns. That's a trap game for them, for the Cardinals potentially. So um That's interesting. I, I'm gonna say this. I think I like the Browns in that game. Yeah, I, I that that that's definitely a that's a trap game for the Cardinals because the Cardinals right now are actually a three and a half point underdog. So the Browns are actually a favorite in this game. So hmm. Y'all must not be seeing what that MVP doing right now. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I think actually, no. Now that I think about it, now that Arizona's an underdog, I would actually go with this one. Exactly. Uh, would, Come on. I would man. take Arizona as a three and a half point underdog because they could still lose by three and, and cover. So, yeah, give me the Cardinals here at uh, plus three and a half uh, against the Browns this Sunday. Um, of course, Arizona's riding high. They're undefeated. Um, Cleveland is. I wouldn't necessarily say shaky, but it's an AFC North team. So, uh, of course, the games you're supposed to win, they never win. And games you don't expect them to show up, they show up. So, Cleveland can can win this game, but it'll be entirely close. So, I'm actually going to take Arizona as the three-and-a-half-point underdog there. And um, your best local bet of the week, uh, bet this at your own risk. Um I'm looking at the Vols today. Um, it's practically a toss-em. Uh, it's like a point-and-a-half favorite at uh, at home against Ole Miss. Um, of course, Tennessee is coming off of uh, – been on a pretty decent roll, uh, of course, with that shellacking in Missouri, then an impressive home win against South Carolina. Uh, Ole Miss coming off that huge overtime win against Arkansas. Neyland is going to be jumping. Lane Kiffin is going to be on the sideline coaching, so you know that place is going to be loud. Um, so give me the Vols here in the toss-up. I'll either do the money line or just a straight .5 uh, favorite there. So any questions, any potential bets? Again, sorry I didn't get a chance to lock in completely on my research, but there we go. No, yeah, I, the only thing I um, – again, I know we talked about they're just a three-point underdog uh, for the – the my goodness, the Cardinals. Cardinals against the Browns. Um, now, I've been told on this podcast many times before that the Cleveland Browns are one of the best teams on paper. They put up 42 points in a loss last week. Along with this week coming up, the, well, tomorrow, Cardinals are without Chandler Jones potentially – they don't have Cliff Kingsbury, who was their play caller. They also are missing their offensive coordinator, who was also their play caller as well. So they're down to the running backs coach that's calling the plays. And last time I checked, they don't have a great running game at all, unless it's Kyler Murray. So this game is really Kyler Murray putting the team on his back. And I'm not – I've been told the Browns have a superior offensive defense and they have all their players with them. I think – think that the Browns win and they don't win by just three points. I think they win this by seven or more. So I would go against that bet that you just made. And that's really just because Cliff Kinsbury is out and that man is a guru when it comes to he's up there with Sean McVay. And again, they're missing their offensive coordinator as well. You have a running backs coach calling plays. Ah, I don't like that. And Chandler Jones. Here's, here's, here's my thing. So if this becomes a shootout, Let's just say theoretically this becomes a shootout, which was the case last week. Would you still take the Browns there? A shootout would mean, again, the running backs coach is calling the place for the Cardinals, 
and the Browns are still having their whole team intact. So, yes, I would actually take but, the Browns. Did, yeah, I, I guess you, but a Browns team that specializes with running the football as opposed to having Baker Mayfield make plays. Skyler has his hand up. He has a comment. Go ahead. My pushback would be, yes, Cliff Kingsbury, I guess, is a good coach, but is it more so Cliff Kingsbury or Kyler Murray that's running that offense? That would be my question. Secondly, Nick Chubb is out. So I would definitely look at that. And the Browns defense, who I gave credit for, who I thought was going to be top 10, has not played at a top 10 level. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I don't foresee them giving up that same amount of points again, but they could very well give up 30, 35 to the Cardinals. And again, is Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense capable enough to keep up and score enough points to beat the Cardinals. That would be my pushback. That would Good, be my great, pushback. great points, bro. And like you, you can see all on uh, ESPN about how Baker uh, Mayfield and, and OBJ is not getting the right connections, right? Like you know, Stephen A is on the bandwagon to get uh, OBJ out of Cleveland, which I can actually agree with. They looked a hell of a lot better last season. Uh, coming, you know, doing that thing, and with Nick Chubb not being out, I think the Cardinals could actually probably steal this one. Um, especially if it's a shootout. But that's a game I'm definitely looking forward to watching. Well, I am picking the Browns. And speaking of pickums, let's oh, go ahead. Look at us. Look at us with these segues. Let's go ahead and pick them game. Speaking of pick so we have, of course we have three more games that we're going to pick from this week. But before I get into that, I did mention that I was going to keep up, uh, keep you guys abreast on the standings um, after every so many, about every four or five weeks of the season. So to start off, um, let's see. I am actually leading in the standings. Uh, I'll pick uh, correctly nine or fifteen games. I'm at sixty percent. Right behind me is Sheedy. He's at fifty-three percent. Trevor is shortly right behind him at forty-six percent. And then we got Tuke and 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 and, and Sharky. We got the cab. I'm not sure what they 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 just don't have that. Yeah, no. point, to Shitty's point, it's a very long season. We have a long ways to go. Um, I will say this: you can be you can be out of it for about a week or two. You can be out of it for about a week or two. But I think Trevor had two really good weeks. He had a perfect week, and he had another week where we all kind of sucked. So that's what got him back into it. So Tuke and Sharky, y'all are not out of it. Um, but, but with that being said, the first game that we're going to pick, gentlemen, is the – one second, I had it right here in my face – is the uh, Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go in the order of Trevor, Sheedy, Tuke, and then myself. Hell no, you need to go that second. I'll go first in this one. Um, I'm rolling with Jacksonville to get their first win of the season. Give me Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence will look better than Tua, who I gave a lot of praise to, and he has not made me look good or smart at all. I'm going with Jacksonville. Believe it or not, I'm taking Jacksonville as well. I think Jacksonville can steal this game. Uh, I, I get it. Miami is getting tool back, but Miami has not looked good at all this season. Um, even defensively. Yeah, even, yeah, even defensively, which was one of the things that we raved about with Miami that could have potentially challenged for not even the uh, playoff spot, but possibly the AFC East. Of course, they weren't going to overtake the Bills, but for that second spot, you you thought just because of their defensive long going into the season, you thought they would maybe presented somewhat of a challenge. But they haven't looked good at all this season. Two is coming back, so it's not really a sure thing as to how how healthy he really is. Is he fully going to be a hundred percent? Is he going to be close to? And even if that is, he going to be effective? I, I think the Jaguars. I think at this point they're tired of everything that's going on. Uh, they're tired of being a laughing stock of the lead, tired of everything going on with Urban Meyer. I think they come out and play for themselves, and they would ride that wave to a W. So give me Jacksonville. Look, if, if the Jaguars can't get a win in Jacksonville, hopefully they can get one in London. So 
Of course, this game would be played in London. Give me the uh, Jacksonville. Y'all know how I feel about Tua. He's been proving me right since he's been in the damn <laughs> league. So, uh, yeah, you, you deserve I, your flowers there. You I, deserve I, your I, I tried to tell y'all, man. Sorry, sorry, uh, Lito. I know that's your guy, but either way, um, I think this is the time for Trevor Lawrence to go ahead and get his first dub. Like I said, if they can't get one in Jacksonville, they can get one in London. Uh, so give me, give me, give me sunshine to get his first dub. Yeah, I was so I'm so surprised. Yeah, I actually had Jacksonville again winning this game. Unfortunately, Jacksonville can still not win in the United States. Um, but let's see if they can win it overseas, get their first dub, uh, and then come back in. Who knows from there? But again, to you guys' point, Dolphins have not looked impressive at all. Um, nothing, nothing's worked for them besides their cheerleaders. So, um, give me the Jacksonville Jaguars with this one. And Sharky actually picked the Dolphins. So maybe with all of us picking the Jags and him picking the Dolphins, that will come on drop. That will <laughs> that will bold will for him. <laughs> the next game that we're going to pick is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Seattle is is without their star quarterback um, Russell Wilson. The Steelers still have their old man on crutches, Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, who did play better. I wouldn't say well. He played better um, against the, against the Denver Broncos on last week. This game is a Sunday night game. This game is in Pittsburgh. Um, I'll go ahead and lead us off because I don't know who I want to pick. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they go with this game. It's just like, you know, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And Ben, you know, he'll have one good game. He'll have four bad games right after that. But I'm going to go with Pittsburgh's defense. Can I do that? I'm going to go with Pittsburgh's defense to win this game. That's my pick. Pittsburgh defense will win this game. <sighs> this is a game. The Pittsburgh Steelers could not have asked for a bigger break that they got with these past Perfect two time. Uh, perfect time in going into the bye week to possibly get back to 500 here. Um the Seahawks are without Russell Wilson and Chris Carson, for that matter. Um, but welcome to the AFC North, where games that are guaranteed to teams in the AFC North is not always what they seem. And the biggest offender of this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Steelers should win this game. And I'm going to go with the Steelers just for the simple fact. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger played better, but here's a key factor. twenty Only 25 passing attempts. 25, no interceptions. So, of course. But he did have a fumble. He did have a fumble. (laughs) Yeah, he did have a fumble. He did have a fumble. But only 25 passing attempts, two touchdowns. Najee Harris kind of led the way there with 23 carries, 122 yards, and is uh, in a touchdown. So you're starting to see that the offensive line is probably starting to gel just a little bit to get somewhat of a running game going. And if Pittsburgh can duplicate that and keep Ben Roethlisberger under 40 throws, because if he's throwing the ball plus 40, it's not looking good for the Steelers. So if the Steelers can continue to establish a running game, continue to do what they're accustomed to doing on defense, I don't see no reason why they're not at 500 going into the bye week. So give me Pittsburgh. Right. Y'all raved about this Steelers defense. And, you know, like I said, without uh, Russell Wilson and Chris Carson, who play a huge role in the Seahawks offense, um, I don't think the Seahawks have enough to to do what they need to do to pull the win off. Uh, they starring Geno Smith, who I don't remember the last time I played the NFL game. Um, and of course, the Steelers got Juju missing for the rest of the season. But I think this is a, a win that, the, you know, is going to be a defensive game. Uh, low scoring, and I do expect the Steelers to fill it out. So, give me the Steelers. Yeah, uh, Ben can't throw the juju. DK can't catch the ball from anybody but Russell Wilson. Um, so, you got a stalemate there. Uh, to your point, defensive struggle, it's going to be Najee versus Bobby Wagner, if you ask me, um, you know, and how the offensive line scheme blocks uh, for them. Because to, to your point, Trevor, I'll, the Steelers don't win this game throwing it 40-plus times. Um, I would even caution to go anything below 35 because, again, who are those 40 passes going to go to? Um, anyway, um, so I'm going to take the Steelers, um, and I, I wonder if Cap is going to choose the Seahawks. He did not. He actually texted me and said the Steelers better win, damn it. That's what he said. Exact words. 
<laughs> so we all got the Steelers. So that means the Seahawks will win for anybody that's willing to bet on the game. Don't listen to us. Um, and then the last game of the week, which should be a pretty interesting Monday night game, if I say, if I must say so myself, the Buffalo Bills, um, led by uh, that surprising defense, in my opinion, um, um, and everything that comes with them, and uh, going against the Tennessee Titans. I think this game is in Tennessee. It's in Nashville. Um, so I will go second in this one. So Trevor, go ahead and tell me who you got. Go, who you got winning? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, as I said last week, Buffalo is is whooping everybody with a switch and then sending them back outside to get a better switch. Um, and of course, they had the impressive win uh, on Sunday Night Football against Kansas City. This is actually a perfect trap game for <laughs> for Buffalo. Um, and I, I, I walked outside this morning, um, and it was starting to get a little breezy outside, starting to get a little cold. You know, when it gets cold, you know what that means. It's, it's Derrick Henry season. So (laughs) a lot of of defenses are not going to want to tackle Derrick Henry. I'm actually going to take the Titans in this game, uh, because I feel that they're going to do everything in their power to keep Josh Allen off the field. And the best way to keep the opposing quarterback off the field is establishing a run, which I feel that they will do with Derrick Henry. Uh, I think a lot of the guys are starting to get a clicking in Tennessee. Buffalo has to lose again at some point, and I think this is going to be the game that happens. So give me the Titans. Sorry about that. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Buffalo Bills to win this game. Um, to the point that I just said, like their defense has been the surprising factor in this one. Uh, what they did to Patrick Mahomes is something that not a lot of teams can do. Yes, there's a blueprint out there for how you defend Patrick Mahomes and uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs, but you have to have the roster to do such a thing. Um, and so Josh Allen has played really, really well outside of the Pittsburgh game. He's played really, really well. Their defense has shut down a lot of a lot of different teams. Now, it hasn't been some of the best teams, but again, what they did to Kansas City, in my opinion, was was pretty was pretty impressive. I will say that. So give me Josh Allen um, and the Buffalo Bills to only win by a late field goal. All right. Uh, you all been raving about how you all are shocked about the Bills defense. Nah. You got to think Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator for when we went to the Super Bowl that year. And our defense, you know, outside of Cam Newton's, you know, phenomenal, you know, time, you know, that year MVP, he was a defensive coordinator. So we see that his defense, you know, mentality coming over to the Bills. And it's a beautiful thing to see, especially when your offense is rolling. Um, So, no, this ain't a tough one for me. I mean, (laughs) you got Tennessee still trying to figure out who the hell they are. And they got Julio coming back this week, which would be good. But it's still you don't have that chemistry yet with them outside of the Bills, who, like we just said, (laughs) just beat the the, the Chiefs. And now the Chiefs are looking more vulnerable than I've ever seen them in the last few years. So um, the Bills going to keep rolling. Um, I don't even think it'll be a close one, to be honest with you. But uh, give me a Bills. Yeah, um, Bills in a beat down. I, 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 I don't have any. I mean, if they just they just took the Chiefs into your point, Trevor, put bend them over their leg and spanked them, and then went to go get some more and spanked them again. This the Chiefs are a better team than the Titans. I think we can all agree to that. And don't get me wrong, on any given Sunday or Monday, who knows what's going to happen in sixty minutes? I just don't see to Skyler's point. This Bills defense has given up, I believe, maybe 60 points all season. And we're in week six right now, which means five games. And two of those games were goose eggs. So give me the Bills. I don't know if the Titans even have enough on offense to beat the Bills or to stay contingent with the Bills uh, in any way, shape, or form. My only only pushback with this is – the only outside of maybe Washington and and Pittsburgh, uh, those are the only teams that, that are capable of actually running the football um, to kind of help wear down Buffalo's defense. Don't get me wrong, Buffalo Buffalo's defense has been out of this world. They've been extraordinary, but 
out of all the teams so far that Buffalo has beaten, two out of the three are had actually been capable to run the football. And even with Pittsburgh, that was kind of shaky because they didn't get nothing going until the second half. Uh, so I think Buffalo's going to get a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. Having Julio Jones back is a nice little luxury to have. Um, and I guess they'll probably try to figure things out there, but I don't think they're going to force the issue there. I think Tennessee's going to come out. They're going to do what they're accustomed to doing, feed Derrick Henry, keep Josh Allen in that high-power offense on the sideline, try to wear down this Buffalo defense. This could be low scoring. This could be in the 20s uh, for me. So that's my only pushback as to what Buffalo has done. I don't think any of the teams outside of maybe Washington and Pittsburgh could actually effectively run the football. So that's my only pushback there. That's why I went with the Titans. So 57, that's the number you were looking for, Sheedy. That's how many points the Bills have allowed so far this season is 57. I just had a quick off-topic question. Uh, do parents still whoop kids with switches nowadays? I'm just curious. I don't remember the last time I was at church or I was somewhere and I heard a parent go get a switch. I it's been minutes since I've heard. Well, it. you they ought to get yeah. switches from church. That's typically the only time I heard it. I ain't never heard it get well, no, I heard it in the back, like <laughs> if you had like a backyard and there was some bushes. And trees yeah, at home. Backyard. Yeah. Not while praising the Lord. <laughs> God know what it is. God know what it is. Hey, and guess what the parent? I guess the parent gonna do is uh is one of the commandments: honor thy mother and thy father. Is this the first commandment with promise? So. Oh man, okay. I, I just had to ask it. It was been. And before we move on, Sharky did pick the Titans to win this game. He said okay. tighten up. That's what he texted me word for word. So, so we'll see. So I got everybody's picks. Um, I'll give everybody an update probably about week nine or ten as far as where the standings are but it's pretty close right now so maybe things have changed maybe sharky and and, and took would come join us here in the next couple of weeks Man, i'm just having a terrible time because even my fantasy like i'm mm-mm, i don't even want to talk about that bs <laughs> okay, bro. well if we don't like to talk about football we can actually start talking about basketball season as well um, as we're getting started now um before i i start speaking about the nba um there's there's someone in our comment section i just want to make sure um i speak to you right now please please tweet me at it's really sheedy because if that is your name and if that's what your name needs to be do never come back on this show again ever and again if you need to talk to somebody about that talk to me uh, for those that don't know there's a comment in here whose name um, says, kill all black people. I hope they all burn in hell. You can talk to me first, and then we'll see who's going to hell first. All right. Don't make me go get a switch. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I hate people that do this because you don't even put your name up there. It's not even your picture. You hide behind everything just like all the other people that are not black do. So I'm cool on you, fat, uh, my guy, my girl, my whatever you are. I do not care. Hi, Nisi. Let's go talk about the NBA. So let's get it. <laughs> NBA talk. We have three things that you're looking forward to this NBA season. Um, and thank you. And talking about the NBA season, what we hear a lot about, you know, the Lakers, the Nets, um, I have been a lot in the headlines. So I do want to hear from us just in regards to <laughs> um, – <laughs> What are three things you're looking forward to? Um, and in the chat, we got two, Trevor, Skyland, and I'll finish off there. Um, so two, three things you're looking forward to this NBA season. Three things I'm looking forward to this NBA season. Of course, y'all know me, man. Dub Nation, here we are. The Warriors reloaded, man. Um, as y'all know, the Warriors, the Warriors were best when they were able to go five, uh, not five, I was going to say five deep, uh, 10, 11 deep, right? And their roster is probably the best roster I've ever seen. I've not ever seen, but I've seen them have. And this is, you know, of course they had Kevin Durant. You know, they cheated basketball and, you know, put the cheat codes in with Kevin Durant, the star lineup. But from top to bottom, this is one of the better rosters I've seen them have. You know, even in their championship run, they literally have everything. 
and you got you know J uh, Jonathan Kaminga coming off the bench who is a baller. You got um, <laughs> you got Moses Moody who they drafted is gonna put up numbers. You got Jordan Poole who a lot of people don't know about who will be a household name, and I think he'll be my sixth man of the year. I got to do a little more research when we have that discussion. But the Warriors are back. I'm excited to watch that, especially when Clay Thompson come back. I do expect them to be a top two uh, seed in the Western Conference. Uh, but like I said, we'll save that talk for another day. Uh, number two, got to stay homebound with the Grizzlies. Um, as we know, we, we've done research as to great point guards who have that third year's explosion. Like we saw Russell Westbrook become Russ in his third year. We saw Derrick Rose win MVP in his third year. I'm not saying John Moran is going to be MVP, but he's going to put up all-star numbers, and I think we're also going to be excited for him. And I think they have a really good chance of winning the uh, the Southwest Division. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing the Grizz. And, of course, the Steph Curry of uh, of centers, as people would call him, Jaron Jackson, who put up seven threes last, uh, last night. Even though it's preseason, the regular season starts in a couple of days, and y'all know me. I'm not. I hadn't sold a stock in Jaron Jackson, you know, since since I bought stock. So I'm expecting him to have a great season as well. And last but not least, we're gonna keep it family bound. I expect my cousins Lamelo and Lonzo Ball to be all stars this year, or at least put up all star worthy numbers. Um, it's a troll, and all we can talk about it in the next segment after. But those who are in prime positions to 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 turn up in the Eastern Conference. And I'm looking forward to seeing my cousins do what they're supposed to do, which is their last name, which is the ball. So those are my three things I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this season. Uh, I, I'm kind of happy that you kind of closed out your, uh, your three points with uh, the balls, which will lead right into my first point, just – how good are the Chicago Bulls are really going to be? That's one of the things I'm looking right. for. Uh, Chicago Bulls were very active uh, this offseason. Of course, they uh, signed Lonzo Ball. They signed DeMar DeRozan. Of course, uh, the trade deadline last season, uh, they acquired uh, Nikolai Vucevic. Uh, they took Patrick Williams in the draft, which a lot of us had questions about <laughs> um, at that pick, who I guess showed some, who showed some promise uh last season um of course they also added added uh, alex caruso um they looked very very well in, in the preseason thus far i'm not going to put too much stock in the preseason but this team is is how it looks on paper and how they've looked thus far it looks like they'll built for a major run in the eastern conference maybe not to get to the eastern conference finals but don't be surprised if chicago is close to being in the top five um in the eastern conference this season so that's that's my first thing uh second um we know about the lakers we know about the nuggets we know about the jazz and we know about the warriors there is a bevy of teams that are kind of like all in the same boat being grizzlies the blazers the clippers the mavericks pretty much the rest of the West outside of those four teams. I think you could probably throw Houston and Oklahoma city out and New Orleans for the most part. Um, but out of those, I guess, mid-level Western conference teams, who's going to be the one that's going to separate themselves uh, from the rest of the pack to take that next step. Um, I'm as to mentioned, I'm looking to possibly be in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant, of course, looks Hell bent on putting up all star numbers and potentially being an all star this season. Um, looking, of course, keeping my close eye on the unicorn himself, Jaron Jackson Jr., there. So they'll be without Dylan Brooks to start the season, but I don't think they're going to miss too much of a beat. I think Desmond Bain is equipped and ready, ready to slide in that role um, for the time being. But out of Memphis, Portland, the Clippers, the Spurs, you know, those mid level teams. Who's going to be the one that kind of separates themselves from the rest of the bunch to take that next step to possibly being up amongst the elite with the Lakers and Nuggets and the Jazz and things of that nature? So that's second for me. And uh, lastly, and it pains me to say this, but what's going to happen with Ben Simmons? Um, we know he was threatening to sit out and miss out on his contract until uh, he got what he wanted, which is to be traded from Philly. Uh, now there's implications that he's shown up to camp. Who knows when he's going to actually be able to play things to the nature. Then there was another story that came out that he tried to fake a, uh, 
positive COVID test so he can set out game seven against the Hawks. Uh, so what's going to happen now with Ben Simmons is, and how long before he's eventually moved? Will it kind of happen in the same magnitude as James Harden, which will happen within the first couple of months of the season? Or would it happen towards the trade deadline? And so if that was to happen, who is actually going to be a viable trade partner for Ben Simmons? Because at this point in time, you can get Ben Simmons for not a whole lot. So who's going to eventually be that guy, that team to actually bite and say, hey, I'll take a flyer on uh, Ben Simmons. So those are my three things. Just how good are the Bulls really? Because they could potentially be top five. Who's going to separate themselves in the mid part of the East? And uh, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons? Cool. Good point. Um, my first one was actually going to be, of course, the Golden State Warriors. I've been – you know, they've Steph Curry and you can talk about him in the preseason has been all over my Twitter feed and good God, that man is unguardable. So that would have been one of my ones just like how, like, I know, but no, not many people are talking about the Warriors. Of course, the Lakers are getting a bunch of talk. The, the Nets are getting a bunch of talk. Um, Milwaukee is getting some talk here and there, but nobody's talking about the Golden State Warriors. And, and as a Lakers fan, who's in the same division as the Warriors, you kind of got to be scared coming, you know, come December, January when Clay Thompson comes back. So that's the thing that that keeps me up at night is, you know, worrying about them. Um, another one that I'm thinking about um, is Iron Williamson. It was Iron Williams. Like what in the world is going on in, in New Orleans is is crazy. Like nobody's really talking about that pretty much. I mean, we I mean, there's been news put out this week that he won't be ready um, for the for the start of the season. But. <laughs> he could really, like not accept that the max offer that the Pelicans are going to give him, and that's probably going to be the first time I think that a rookie has go is going to turn down such an extension like that. So that's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how this situation plays out. Um, I'm excited for him to leave New Orleans, so that way, you know, because there's also been talk recently that the NBA is going to put a team in Vegas. And so that way, it's not the Grizzlies that's being talked about that. Hopefully, very well that that's the Pelicans. Um, another point, another thing that I'm looking for since two took one of mine. Um, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics and what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum looks like. You know, we talk about consistently, you know, that it seems as if Portland can't get out of their own way because they don't know who they want between Dame and, and CJ McCollum. And what Boston has could very well be the exact same thing. Two really good players, one player that may be better than the other one, but you kind of don't know which week of the season who's better. Um, so kind of, you know, where that team falls in line, because I know they still have to worry about Brooklyn. They still have to worry about Milwaukee. They still have to worry about the Heat. So, like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're the Boston Celtics, what exactly do you want to do with that team? Um, so I'll be looking forward to that. And then I guess the last thing is, there aren't many like bad teams in the league. So I think come toward, you know, the 75 to 82 mark game, uh, game of the season, like it's going to be a lot of like tight races to kind of see who gets that final spot um, in the playoffs. So I think that th that watch would be very interesting. Who's in the playing situation? There's going to be, especially in the West, there's going to be a, a very, there's going to be at least two or three teams like, dang, they couldn't get in. Because it's the West and it's because it's so loaded. So I think because there's not many bad teams in the league, it's going to be very close come down to the end of the season. Yeah, Skyler only had about five things that he wanted uh, to happen <laughs> this upcoming season. But um, jumping on the bandwagon of what he just said, actually I'm going to segue into that that action in a moment. So I'll, leave, I'll limit mine to three. Um, and my first thing is the MIP race. Uh, who's going to win most improved player? Um, you have a lot of guys that now have had a full recovery on the offseason. You have some guys in some different situations um, with some different teams. Um, and it's who's going to really showcase. So you've already mentioned Zion, you know, um, with his contract. Uh, we have some hungry some hungry bulls in Chicago um, that are looking to make some differences. We got some guys with the Hornets as well. Um, but I'm looking to see who – transcends themselves as a most improved player. Julius Randle had a hell of a season last season and took the Knicks and dragged the Knicks uh, to the playoffs, even though they got whomped uh, by the Hawks. I just never forget what the Hawks did last season. Please never forget that. Um, and so MIP race for sure. Um, and it also leads into the playing scenario. Um, keep, first of all, keep the playing scenario where it's at. Um, 
I understand like teams that get like 17 or AFC throughout the season are like mad and frustrated. Like, well, we got to play. We got to win another game to get in. You only have to win one game. You can lose one and still win the next one and still be okay. Um, and so to me, keep the playing scenario to your point, Skylar, who's going to be in the West. And honestly, the East is good too. Um, it's much better because now we're talking about the Chicago Bulls are actually a team that may not even be in the playing scenario. They may even be a top six team top six team in the uh, east so what does that actually look like because i think we got a lot of great basketball from the playing scenario last two seasons um not so much in the east but really in the west um but let's see how that now transcends um and my other take is i i want to do this all differently um is what is going to be that big mid-season trade so over the years, and I'm going to go like way back, you've had like Clyde Drexler get traded to the Rockets and they went on to win a championship. You've had Pau Gasol get traded midseason and help the Lakers go on and win. So who is going to be that midseason trade that really moves the needle for any given team? But we also have some failures on some midseason trades as well. Um, and so I'm interested to see who is going to come and emerge as that midseason trade and what that does for all teams include sometimes it's, only, it's not two teams sometimes it's three or four depending upon who you are um and so thank you i hope to hear from cap as well about his three um along with savage as well and um, will lead us into does anyone have anything else that they would like to say because i know skylar gave about 42 of those <laughs> no okay i, I, uh, I think uh both of y'all said no now y'all saying yes i didn't no, say just, no. no i was just real quick just uh i think next week because i know we did it for the start of last season i think we can do our predictions next week as far as award winners pretty much yeah i'll get it i'll talk to cap all right cap if you're listening predictions or predictions no, to me, man, I just wanted to say on, on Lito's point, man, I think it's just funny that we literally hadn't heard a word about Zion Williamson pretty much at all summer. And him coming into the league, he was supposed to be the next big great hope. And now that he's letting everybody down, we ain't had a word about him. So I think us as, you know, people that are analysts or analyzing the game, we got to call these folks out, dog. Like they were I, I, dead I ass it wrong. Is. They were wrong about Zion Williamson. Because <laughs> Berg, Berg coming in the camp out of shape, right? And it's like I know, I know it's, I know it's New Orleans, but this doesn't happen more than once. This happens your whole career so far. <laughs> if yeah, you on two K covers and shit, man. Nah. <laughs> and, and to point out what you guys are saying, and then what switches the troller dies. He's hurt again. Um, he has surgery um, again on something that's below his waist, so his lower body again, um, and so. Uh, why he's he shouldn't be getting shine, but I mean, um, what's that kid from Sacramento, Halliburton? The Kings just signed him to another extension, um, and he had an amazing season last season. Now we're not gonna talk about the Kings like that, um, but individual talent they got it um, at a few positions. But let's go ahead and transition over to our troller. Nah, speaking of Zion uh, trolling us um, from the NCAA to the NBA, um, anybody got some troller nahs that they can join and bring into? The segue now. Mm, so let's wanna, one. Yeah, let's want to talk about my cousins being all stars. Uh, we can definitely do that. Uh, Melo and Lonzo will be all stars this year, I think so. Um, I think Lamelo's stardom is will catapult him in, especially because I think Ben Simmons was starting last. Who was it, Ben Simmons? I think it was Ben Simmons starting last season. Of course, he's probably not going to get that love uh, that he got last year, and I think the explosive displays from LaMelo will get him, you know, those votes, especially if Charlotte have a good record. In Chicago, I think they'll be a top four seed. Um, of course, they'll have Zach Levine. Yeah, I said it. Um, I think Zach Levine will be a starter as well, and I think Lonzo will be somebody that has all-star numbers and could potentially get him into the all-star game because if you think about the Eastern Conference all-stars, you got uh, guards-wise, you got Brad Bill, who definitely will be in, uh, and you got who are the, the, the Kyrie Irving who I guess won't even be playing this season. So I think those are two spots for, you know, I mean, of course, top 10 Larry, but I don't think that the Heat will have three players coming from that team, especially uh, all coming from the bench. Like I said, LaMelo, he can be actually voted in. I don't see Jimmy Butler or top 10 being voted in into the starters. 
Um, but I can see LaMelo Ball being voted in as a starter. Y'all know I love me some top 10, but I'm going to be real about this one. So, uh, Charlie and all my cousins will be all stars this year. I couldn't come you off you both? first. Go ahead, Sally. Yep. You both? Nah, I can't see that one. I, I mean, I could see it, but I, nah, not this year. Maybe next. I don't know about this year. Yeah, I, I'm going to lean more towards Zoe getting the nod more so than LaMelo. Um, Charlotte, like, really has to – they have to damn near be top four in the East uh, before – Not to get voted uh, in by the fans. <laughs> you, y'all reckon you be owing whatever. Zoe will get – no, because, yeah, that's true. He makes all these fantastic plays, but does it translate to winning? Because fans like love two things. They love flashy plays, but they also love winning. So if he's making all these flashy plays, yeah, he's popular, but Charlotte's not winning. They could get him as a reserve, possibly. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna lean more towards uh, Zoe getting in before Lamelo, but just not this. It wouldn't be this season. I can definitely see this happening next season, though. Yeah, I, I actually, um, both of them getting in. I don't think so. I think to your point. Uh, that you just said to you know flashy you know stuff like that lonzo does that better than uh his than mellow and he does it at a winning pace um and so the bulls may actually get maybe two in um who knows and to me the, the second one is actually i ain't gonna be demar de rosen big big, big vucci in the paint um vucci man the flair and that footwork and that's gonna get him to a top six seed right. top four is pushing it um it's really pushing it because Top four would mean that you got yeah you no, got the I, Boston. I, I, I was saying in the case for Lamelo, like Charlotte would have to be in that. Yeah, no, 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 I, I'm not. I'm not discussing what you're talking about, Trevor. I'm just discussing what he said. He said that the, the top four team. I mean, uh, if you look at that division that they in Detroit, <laughs> Pacers, eh, Cleveland, and eh. okay, Milwaukee. That'd be top. Okay, so top five. Okay, top five. Now five, I can argue. Um, but six, I'm, I'm thinking they can actually secure their spot for sure. And they don't even need to be in the playing game. And it's because of the lineup that they that Chicago has built. I think they can actually be in the top five, top six. I agree there. Yeah. And they just wasn't. And then I, now that I think about it, Charlotte was in the playing game uh, just this past season. They just weren't ready for the moment at that time because they ended up getting smashed by, uh, I think it was Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they just weren't ready for the moment. But I think they'll be they'll be much better this season. So they, they can definitely be – Top six, top seven. So that's all I had. That's all I had. Well, there was uh there's one I had. I can't remember who this came from. Uh never mind. Because that's more of a your board segment. So I won't even bring that up right now. Cause it was disgusting. Oh, yeah, you gotta tune in the last episode, dog. <laughs> we 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 kind of went there with them with them last episode, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, that was one of the first topics from our last episode. If you definitely want to check that out, um, please do so. Yeah. And for those listening, he was talking. He uh, asked that we talk about Kyrie Irving. Uh, we definitely talked about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do think a trade is coming though. I do think a trade could be coming. I, I don't. I, that's then this it's weird to say, but I, I don't see how the Nets will trade Kyrie, especially if he's threatened to retire. Like what team will want well he's already said one, up? he's already said he's not gonna retire. He's not gonna get vaccinated. So that means he's not gonna be playing for the Nets this season. So the Nets, gonna get vaccinated, dog. Yeah, so at this point the he Nets gonna get vaccinated. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's gonna get vaccinated eventually. So. At this point, I think the, the Nets probably look to move on from him at some at this point. Because they they don't have it, they don't have that much money tied to him because they already said they're not giving him an extension. He's not looking. It doesn't look like he's going to be playing this season, so they're probably going to call him on his bluff of retiring. They're going to look to make a deal. If the Nets trade him, it's going to be a James Harden trade where it's going to be a terrible trade. They just get him out there if, if there's a trade. Like they will not get equal value for Kyrie. They won't. But in the other point of it is, do they need it? Um, yeah, because. A healthy James Harden, a healthy Kevin Durant can do well uh, for the Nets. Um, but, you know, sprinkle some Kyrie. Kyrie can give you some role players, and I, I think yeah. that's better for them overall. 
So hopefully they can get a big because that damn Giannis ain't going no damn where. <laughs> oh, he got a jumper too. It might be over too. Like, like, come on, man. Lamarcus Aldridge and Paul Millsap. Much respect to them, but they not stopping Giannis. <laughs> they not stopping Blake Griffin. Come on, man. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, then he got the low key. The I would hope the Giannis stop it with PJ Tucker, but we'll see. Um, but I'm cool. I don't have anything for Troll and I. If we don't have nothing else, I'll lit, land on that P.J. Tucker mess. Um, hey, man, have a great week. Stay blessed, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. Um, and make sure you check us out next week. Same time, same channel, same black people on your station. Hey. Peace. Peace. Yeah.